a trusted voice of truth and light. The narratives that mislead most of us aren't outright lies. They're the deliberate omission of facts that could give us a more complete picture. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. The world needs your leadership, and the essence of leadership is using your influence wisely wherever you happen to be standing. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, I want to welcome you to the second hour of our show today. I am joined by James R. Harrigan, Dr. Harrigan, as his kids call him. We'll just call him James. Uh, James is one of the hosts of the uh, Words and Numbers podcast that if you are a frequent visitor to the Foundation for Economic Education's website, uh, you probably stumbled across it. And uh, James, you probably wear a few other hats. Let me ask you, uh, for the sake of listeners hearing your voice for the first time, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I'm a trained political philosopher and I was a political science professor around the United States for quite some time. Got really bored with that, went over to Iraq to become the dean of the American University of Iraq. Uh, from there, came back to the States, got involved with nonprofit executive management, and from there, found my way back to a university. So I am now combining all of those things as managing director of the Freedom Center at the University of Arizona. Man, I thought I, I, thought I had figured out how many hats you were wearing, and I lost count about halfway yeah, I, through that list. I forget a lot of it, too. Don't worry about it. I, I do enjoy your Words and Numbers podcast, and this this is a chance to give a shameless plug. For those who haven't heard it, um, where can they find it? Uh, they can find it anywhere they get their podcasts, as we like to say. It's it's available across all delivery systems, uh, even over at the uh, the iTunes store or whatever we have to call that these days. Um, so any, anywhere you can find it, you can also go to wordsandnumbers.org and get right, you'll get redirected right to a batch of our shows. So please do check us out and maybe download it on every single device you have and subscribe and get all your friends to subscribe because I need to make a better living. Here, here. <laughs> I understand exactly. Well, I, I have you on the program today, and actually, uh, hopefully, this is the first of, of uh, many regular appearances in which we'll have you joining us here on the Brian Hyde Show. Um, I just want, want to get your take on some of the passing scene, and, and you have touched, you and Anthony have touched on some really interesting topics of late. But before we get to those, there was an announcement today. Uh, President Trump floated the idea that uh, maybe, just maybe, we have to delay the election, and I didn't look too deeply into this because. I don't uh, I don't like to touch things political unless I'm gloved up and wearing a mask. Um, what was the thinking behind that? Oh, I'm pretty sure the thinking behind that, Brian, is that he's pretty sure he can't win. So best to just delay everything and, and hope for a miracle down the road. But this this is very dangerous ground that he's on right now. And this is unbecoming of the office. Of course, that's been the case with almost everything he's done since he took the office. But this is really beyond the pale. We have uh, elections that are constitutionally prescribed, and they will happen. And that's just the end of that story. And if you don't like that, well, tough, because we're going to have the election at its proper time. Um, you can, you, the conspiracy theorists out there, and I tend not to like conspiracy theorists. I think they're, they're very shallow thinkers for the most part. Um, the conspiracy theorists have been worrying about this exact outcome for a year and and look at who just gave them a, a gallon of gas to go dump on a fire oh yeah uh, and it's just it's just beyond the pale so i think the thing to take away is that of course he wants this 
anybody in a losing situation would want this. And of course, he's not going to get this because the American constitutional structure won't allow for it. So I have to ask, um, in your opinion, if things weren't as crazy as they are right now, uh, both economically and because of all the, the response to COVID, would he be in a position where this wouldn't be a worry? I mean, um, I, I guess I'm asking your prognostication. Would he have a strong enough position? He shouldn't have to worry about losing. Yeah, I, I think that's right. You know, m- most people, most of the time, vote the economy. And you might remember um, Bill Clinton had a campaign saying that everybody repeated like a mantra, it's the economy, stupid. Oh, yeah. It's always the economy. And look, Trump is a weird duck, right? Because he's going to draw a bunch of people to vote for him, regardless of the external things going on. So there's a probably a 30% group of Americans who will say, I don't care what the details are. He's my guy. But 30% doesn't get you very far in a presidential election. And, and therein lies the problem. So, you know, uh, at the risk of saying if things were different, they wouldn't be the same. Yeah, if things were different, they really wouldn't be the same. And, and he would have much better chance at getting reelected. He still has a chance now. I wouldn't write him off, but it's, it's an uphill climb when the economy is in this kind of shape. Agreed. People are, people are really hurting right now. Now, I, I never was a person who ended my prayers in the name of Donald Trump, uh, but I have to tell you, He's not the monster that I thought he might be when he was elected. I I did not vote for him or Hillary, you know, in 2016. Um, but I find myself actually somewhat surprised and, and, and maybe not reassured, but at least I'm not as alarmed as I was initially. He has turned out to be, how can I say, there's no diplomatic way. He's been less of a train wreck than I thought he would be. And I, and I say that with the understanding that the alternative <laughs> doesn't really look like an alternative to me. Yeah, and, and I don't really know what to make of this nonsense as we, we go through it yet again in the fourth year. You know, typically every fourth year I'm presented with two candidates. I look at them both and I think over my dead body. And then everybody loses their minds and they say, well, this one's perfect and that one's terrible. And the other group says exactly the same thing in reverse. And then we get a president. And, you know, generally speaking, presidents don't get to do nearly as much as they want but they do plenty to be damaging, right? And I'm thinking of George W. Bush's Medicare expansion. I'm thinking of Barack Obama's Affordable Care Act, right? There there always seems to be one big giant thing in the middle of everything else that causes our lot in life to become quite worse. And, you know, with Trump, I don't even know what that one thing would be. The the trade policies that, that brought us out of markets worldwide, whatever the hell we call what's happening right now, right? It, it's, it's really quite a lot with him. It's, it's a, a steady flood of more things. And it's very hard for me to see how he gets his way through it. But what you're saying is, as, at least as I'm understanding you, when, when Trump says, well, maybe we need to delay the elections, the risk of you know fraud or whatever, um, there's a real possibility we could end up with President Biden in November. Oh, I, yeah, I suspect we will, actually. Wow. And I, I think that's the smart money bet right now. And and I, I don't know how much of that is motivated by those who just hate Trump, you know, right to the core. And how many are thinking, no, seriously, Joe's not that bad. Or maybe they're looking one step past him. And, well, whoever he picks for vice president isn't going to be that bad if he's not in for the long haul. Yeah. And I'm, I'm especially concerned with who he might pick for, for the vice president slot, because I'm pretty sure whoever it is becomes president 
not too terribly far down the road. And you see Kamala Harris getting a lot of a lot of ink. And you see Elizabeth Warren getting a lot of ink. And from where I sit, those two human beings are crazy and much crazier than than Joe Biden, say. And it, it worries me quite a lot that they're going to be a heartbeat away from the big chair. Well, there this- are people there are people he could pick. And I have been um, gently prodding him from a great distance to pick Condoleezza Rice. Right. He's he's made the case that he is going to pick a woman. He's made the case that he thinks maybe it should be a black woman. Well, I know a black woman who is eminently qualified for the job and who would have the added benefit of bringing with her all sorts of moderate voters. I think you can build a very nice coalition with her as the vice president. Do I think it will ever happen? Not in a million years. Not not in a million years. We'll we'll get somebody who's just every bit as crazy as we think we're going to get. I've heard from a number of people, and I'd like to bounce this off you, that, uh, you know, if, if we were around in, say, 1860, we'd, we'd be feeling a very similar vibe, you know, uh, based on the election and, and, and what that was setting the stage for. Do you get that sense as well? No, no. The, the, the people are out screaming and hollering as they do every fourth year that we're about to have the most important election in American history. And there, there is very little nonsense that is nonsense like that is nonsense, right? And you can go to the election of 1800, the first peaceful party shift in, in United States history. Um, John Adams walks out of the Oval Office and Jefferson walks in, no bloodshed. That was an important election. The election of 1860 that you just mentioned, incredibly important, right? It, the election was that, that bit of tinder that lit the fire of the Civil War. We're not there. Right now, what do we have? We have a, a terrible economy, a lousy foreign policy, and, and that's the kind of thing we're talking about now. Okay. You are by far the most optimistic person I've talked to in a while, so I'm glad for this. Oh, give, you, give me a minute. I'm sure okay. it'll get much worse. <laughs> you, you just saved my pharmaceutical expenses a little bit because I was, <laughs> I was like going to take a handful of different colored ones the way I've been feeling here of late. We've got to take a real quick break. James R. Harrigan is my guest. He is host, uh, one of the hosts of the Words and Numbers podcast. We will be back to continue our conversation just the other side of these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I am talking with James R. Harrigan, and he is one of the hosts of the Words and Numbers podcast, something I really think you should check out. We're going to shamelessly plug it again uh, before we finish this segment. But uh, since we touched on the subject of, of conspiracies, and uh, James, I know you, you don't have a lot of tolerance for for the conspiracy theorists among us, or at least you, you're not anxious to hang out among them and have long, drawn-out discussions, are you? Actually, I like hanging out with them for comedic re- relief. Okay, fair right? enough. I don't, I don't really want to have substantive conversations with them. And the, the reason is quite simple. And I think, you know, for those of you out there listening who might be inclined to think in conspiratorial terms, 
isn't it also the case that you are inclined to believe that the government can't really do much effectively? Well, why is it that the government can't do much effectively except when it enters into conspiracy mode, where it's it's utterly flawless at every point of every day? And I think, you know, the, the easiest thing that I can say about conspiracy theories broadly is they require a certain amount of quiet from those involved. And it's been long my opinion that if you have more than two people involved in anything, you will never keep it under wraps for long because human beings can't stop running their mouths. Right. I had I had I had an attorney friend for a while did defense uh, defense attorney work. And he looked at me one day and he said, no such thing as a deaf mute in prison. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and and if you think about that for a second and that's exactly right, you don't talk and you won't have a problem. But the prisons are all full because everybody talks all the time. And, you know, we all know the, the conspiracies that we've been getting lately. The Wayfair business is my personal favorite. People actually believe that you can charge a small child on your credit card and have it delivered to your home for sexual deviance purposes. Give me a break. What's wrong with you people? What you get from Wayfair is overpriced furniture, pure and simple. And, you know, Occam's razor plays here. What's the simplest explanation of the, the, the batch of facts that sit before you? Because the simplest one is almost always the absolutely most correct one. So what, and, what is it about human what, nature? What makes us want to believe these kind of things? They talked about UFOs uh, last week. I think Tucker Carlson said something about the Pentagon says, yes, we have craft that were assembled not on this world. And, of yeah. course, the X-Files part of my brain lit up. Really? But I, sure. I had to throttle it into submission. And, you know, let's be pretty clear. The, the military has released any number of, of uh, bits of film that show aircraft we cannot identify. By definition, unidentified flying objects. Sure. I, I don't know what that means, right? I, I know that we've got them out there. Um, but I always say the same thing, right? The, the ubiquitousness of cell phones has taught me, I guess, just a few things. Aliens aren't landing all over the earth. Bigfoot doesn't exist. And black people have been telling the truth about po uh, police conduct for decades. Right? This is what I learned when all that film from all those phones started getting aggregated and pushed up online. Is there an alien conspiracy? I sincerely doubt it. Uh, why do I doubt it? Because somebody would have spilled the beans already. Right? Some very smart person with a credible past would have gone on on some crackpot TV show and said, you're never going to believe this, but. And then other people would have rushed in behind him. And it's always that second part that we miss, right? You get the lone crank that says crazy things, but the rest of the human beings that were involved with it, as he tells the story, even they're not willing to come behind him and say, that's absolutely correct. And you got you to really think about that. Now, I started thinking about conspiracy theories. I mean, we, I think we all got hit deep into the Kennedy assassination at some point when we were kids, oh, yeah. right? F stuff, stuff like this. But I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought until, I, as I said on the, the show open, I became the dean of the American University of Iraq. So I go to Iraq. I'm living in the mountainous north in the Kurdish section, about 12 miles off the Iranian border. And day after day after day, every single student in the school presented me with another conspiracy theory. And it, it started to become very clear that 
the less control people have over their lives, the more they invent conspiracy theories to fill in the blanks to create the villains. They're unwilling to say, all right, I need to do better here, and it may be a hard road that I have, but I'm going to go fight. Instead, they say, the forces of evil surround me on every side. I surely can't get anything done here. So it, it's a bit of an abdication that, that happens. And when I got back to the U.S. after seeing it there so very clearly, I started seeing it here very clearly, too. But I doubt I would have had I not gone to a place that was even crazier. Right? Fascinating. It, it, I, one, there, there, there's there's something to that. One thing that I have noticed, at least in, in the, the few conspiracy theories that I've taken a closer look at, is almost always there is some nugget of truth. There's something there that has substance, but then it can quickly go off into, into the weeds. But, but I thought that was really interesting. You know, I heard about uh, the Foo Fighters, the, that the Germans, uh, the Nazis allegedly developed at the end of World War II, with which they spirited Hitler and other top German uh, leadership off to the South Pole, where they now live underground. And no, that's, I mean, that's a legit uh, conspiracy from the sa- standpoint of there are people who believe it. Um, that's nuts. I know. The kernel of truth, though, is there really were some fascinating secret weapon programs, which, yeah. you know, I don't know how far they got. But uh, but there were some pretty amazing advances that, uh, that probably would blow some people's minds if they knew the extent of it. But you do know how far they got because those weapons were never fired upon their enemies. So that's how far they got. Right. And and also, look, we, we are all aware that any number of Germans escaped to South America. Uh, I, I know that everybody knows that. There are, there are still towns in South America where only German is spoken. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out how that happened. But having Adolf Hitler and, and presumably Eva Braun in a bunker at the South Pole, well, all right, come on. It's just, just come on. Right? <laughs> I'm sensing skepticism here, J- James. I, you're not yeah. buying it. I, I really don't buy any of it, right? Show me the evidence, not the conjecture. And right. those are two completely different things. I'm fine with conjecture. I conjecture all the time. And when I have a crackpot idea, I then take the next step and say, let's find the evidence. And if I find the evidence, it's not a crackpot idea anymore. If I don't, I shut it down and move on. But when's the last time you saw the flat earth people shutting it down and moving on? Uh, Okay, that that one stumps me. Yeah, This is legitimately a thing. There are thousands of people who claim that to know that the earth is flat. Well, here's a newsflash for you. I've been in airplanes, and they go 35,000 feet, roughly five miles up. You can see the, the curvature of the earth so clearly that it, it, it barely warrants discussion. Well, why don't they just get on an airplane and go take a look? And apparently that doesn't occur to anybody. This is lunacy. Right, the, the Wayfair business, the Pizza Gate business, the reptile people business. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on with all of this nonsense. And there are very few of these things that are even remotely plausible. And if they are remotely plausible, you typically get a congressional inquiry, like with the Kennedy assassination. Now, you can take issue with what they, they found and how they presented it and say that maybe they botched it. But that's what you kind of have to see to know that there's even a, a scintilla of fact underneath the pile of nonsense. 
and you, you you're not going to see it. We're not going to go looking for the reptile people. The the world is not filled with pedophiles who run every nation. But we'll we'll get back to that one next time. In a yeah, you're too. you're taking you're taking the wind out of some people's sails here. <laughs> let's let's give a shameless plug for your uh, podcast. Where can people find it again? And find it at wordsandnumbers.org. And they should also go look for Cooperation and Coercion, the book I wrote with Anthony Davies. Yes. Yes, they should. Okay. Next time I have you on, I want to talk about that book as well. In the meantime, sure. I, ha- I have some conspiracies I'm going to chase down. Hopefully some legit ones here. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that next time, too. James, thanks so much for being my guest. Uh, it's my, absolutely my pleasure, Brian. Hope to see you again real soon. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. All right, so look at my phones blowing up. Look at my my messaging blowing up. You know, uh, James Harrigan told me he would push a few buttons. Uh, he pushed a few. I mean, he may have mashed his palm down on all of them. But I, uh, I so enjoy getting the take of, of someone who just doesn't fall into one of those easily, you know, pigeonholed categories. Oh, yes, he is a classical liberal, a classical conservative, this, that, or the other. Um, he is, uh, he's got an interesting slant. And I'm going to take your calls now. So if you have an interesting slant, this is the time to call. 801-331-8113. Let's go right to the phone. Hi, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Sam calling. How are you? I am well. How are you, Sam? Oh, not too bad. My issue here is there... Now, are there people out here who make outlandish conspiracies? Yes, there are. Um, but, I mean, I there have been uh, video clips and stuff that I have run regarding the pedophile problem in this country from actual sources that have dared to expose it. One of them has been Swan. He got canned for it. Um, there are more conspiracy theories out here than I think he wants to admit. I mean, cons- not conspiracy theories, because if, cons- if they're theories, then that doesn't mean they really necessarily exist. Now, on the other hand, the problem that I have with um, some of the stuff that he was putting forth is simply this, and that is that because you got a few quackpots out there who go way out on the UFO limb, and I've always said for years that the UFO issue was, uh, I, in my personal opinion, was thrown out there. I mean, you had guys like Art Bell and various other people who fed into it in the 90s and everything. I mean, for crying out loud, Popular Mechanics even ran a piece that... Um, uh, and pose the question, and if there were if there were a threat, a perceived threat, whether it was uh, real or um, or something from beyond, um, you know that it. And I, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it was in Popular Mechanics back in the 80s. But it was basically the gist of the of the whole thing was that perhaps something like a UFO invasion could be used in an excuse as an excuse to unite the world toward a globalist-type system to solve a problem. Well, it turned out we didn't have to use the UFO situation. But I can think of no better conspiracy than the way this pandemic's been run. I mean, I mean, we know the media out there has been stirring the pot like crazy trying to keep this thing alive, when in reality 
Um, now, I'm, I'll be the first one to, 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 to tell you, I'm not going to say there isn't a virus. I'm not going to say there is. They tell me there is until they can scientifically prove to me that there is. I, I'm not going to believe one way or the other. I, I just, but I do know one thing. I do know that it's being way overhyped. There are conspiracies out there, Brian. There are good conspiracies and there are bad conspiracies. If I sit down and I conspire uh, with another person as a couple of friends of yours and I decide that we're going to do something for you special, say like on a birthday or something like that, it's a conspiracy, but it's a friendly conspiracy. We are conspiring. There is such thing as conspiring. The problem with the CIA, with the uh, conspiracy theory term, is it was a CIA invented thing that really pushed it into the uh, mainstream to get people not to believe things like in the issue of global government and that kind of thing. And so now here we are. I mean, we have Bush out there, uh, Bush Sr., who has even boasted about it. So, I mean, it's not some great conspiracy, but yet people will say that any of us that talk about it are conspiracy theorists. And this is where I have a problem with with guys that pigeonhole so many things into just conspiracy theories when a lot of it you can prove with their, the, the comments that a lot of these people have spewed from their very own mouths. Sam, let me play devil's advocate for just a moment. Um, yeah. And, and I, I get what you're saying, and, and I'm prob- I probably line up with you more closely than, than it's going to sound, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back here gently and just say, how much of what we know do we actually know for ourselves that someone else didn't tell us? And, and, and I, I'm applying this to the people who believe, you know, you know, exactly what Dr. Anthony Fauci is saying. You know, they take it hook, line and sinker. Um, but my point is, there's a lot of stuff that, that unless you've handled the evidence and you actually know what you're doing, um, you just don't know for sure. You can't say with certainty. And, and at the same time, that doesn't mean we have to wander around in a, a you know, con, uh, ongoing state of just uncertainty and uh, I don't know, but it's helpful to say sometimes, I don't know. Is it possible that this could be the case? And and maybe there's enough circumstantial evidence that, that there, there is, but sometimes the, the really hardcore conspiracy types commit to a level of belief that um, the evidence cannot sustain. Does that make sense? To some extent, but I will just remind everybody that usually where I go, is I go, A, when I vent an article, I've had an article to make sure that it is, um, uh, that it is uh, what it, it claims to be, is I usually, I usually go to authors who have a track record for being right in the past. That doesn't mean they can't be wrong, but, it, it, but it, they have a pretty good track record. The other thing that I use is I always try to go to places where I can find actual clips taken from some of the network news. And, and it's not that they totally keep some of this stuff hidden. I mean, you can go and, and look up stuff, and sometimes you'll have a case where a news network will put something out, and they'll put it out only one time, and it'll be something where they're admitting. I mean, I'll give you a good case in point, Brian. When they had the uh, out-of-towners coming into Ferguson, Missouri, you know, because I live right here not too far from there, and they had the out-of-towners coming in there, stirring up the pot, you know, with the riots that happened in Ferguson, Missouri. Fox 2 out of St. Louis came very close and echoed a report one time on it, put out a report one time on it and one time only. Uh, one of the reporters out in the field was asking where all the out-of-towners were coming from. The break came up, and after that, it was like nothing was ever said since. I don't know if he was told to shut up or whatever, but it was just a very, very brief mention 
and now it's common knowledge. I mean, but I knew we had out-of-towners hitting a lot of these towns causing these problems for at least the past three or four years. But it's just now finally broken out into the mainstream. So, I mean, there are things out there that are kept under wraps. And once in a while you'll find where some reporter will report on something, and he may report on it one time. But usually you can tell when you're over the target by when uh, that reporter usually winds up being canned or something like that right after they report on it. Ben, and, ben uh, Swan being a good example. That's a perfect case in point. Yeah. So I'm simply saying now, I do agree with him on one thing, and that is that that when it comes to the UFO stuff, the alien stuff, the flat earthers, stuff like that, yeah, I concur. But we got to be careful. we got to stay in the middle of the road on this. Yes, there are conspiracies. Are there outlandish conspiracies? Yes, there are. But uh, can we unequivocally just say that, well, all these people out here, they're just conspiracy theorists and then just blackball all of them? No. Uh, You do vet them, and uh, I usually try to go to people that have uh, a track record of their past history of being correct. And also, if they can embed video clips and audio clips of stuff from the people themselves, because, I mean, you do have people, I mean, even David Rockefeller has openly admitted, uh, cons- you know, being involved in the conspiracy for global government. So, you know, I mean, these people are out there. So this is simply all I'm saying. Okay. Sam, I appreciate your call. Thank you. You bet. 801-331-8113. I've said this before, and I'm just going to reiterate once again. The reason I don't spend more time on conspiracy theories is because there is so much that's out in the open. Um, it just, it seems to me that it... it it could become a waste of time. You know, kind of how, like, you, you sit down to watch one episode of Seinfeld, you know, on streaming TV, and, and suddenly you find you're five episodes in because you just, you know, it's easier to sit back and let the autoplay function kick in. Conspiracies can be like that. So I'm not telling you that you shouldn't go and look into them, and I think there, there is some really weird stuff going on. Uh, propaganda, absolutely, I believe, is a reality. In fact, there was an article that came across my feed earlier today. I picked this up off of Twitter. What scientific term or concept ought to be more widely known? And the answer from a mathematician and economist, the managing director of Thiel Capital, Eric Weinstein, says Russell conjugation is the answer to that question. What scientific term or concept ought to be more widely known? And, and here's what this deals with. We're told that we're entitled to our own opinions, but not our own facts. And he says this leaves out the observation that the war for our minds and attention is now increasingly being waged over neither facts nor opinions, but rather our feelings. He says, in an era when anyone can publish anything, the quest to control information has largely been lost by institutions, with a race on to weaponize empathy by understanding its basis in linguistics and tweaking the social media algorithms which now present our world to us accordingly. As the theory goes, it's not that we don't have our own opinions so much as we have too many contradictory ones. And it's generally our emotional state alone which determines on which ones we will predicate action or inaction. It's a fascinating article. I'm going to put it in the show notes. You can check them out at the thebrianhydeshow.com. And it's, it's in fairly deep reading. I would encourage you to read it, though. It's got some great examples. All right, we've got to take a break. When we come back, I'm gonna, the phone is ringing off the hook here. 801-331-8113. I'll take your calls. We'll be back after these messages.
This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Let's jump right back to the telephone where my friend Ray is standing by. Hi, Ray. How are you? Hi, Brian. I'm doing good. Thank you for taking my call. And and also, thank you once again for taking me down to look at the um, the nuts and bolts and then taking me up to the high mountain and looking around. I, I, I really appreciate the rarity of what you do. Unfortunately, it's... It, the rarity, but um, to the point. Okay, so I think the one problem I have with your guest was that to me he was almost saying that there's no such thing as evil, and, and I I've experienced evil. You know there is evil, and there is good in this world, in each of us. Okay, so but I want to look at this from two extremes. You know, now, now, and then get to one main subject, that is. Now, now um, you know, it's, it's just like for a lot of years, I thought the Democrats are too far out. But now, I, w- I would give it to President Trump and his exposing the fake news that the Democrat, the radical Democrats, you know, their consolidation of power and government control, to me, this is real. And, and how it's real is, is General Flynn. How, could, how they can take an innocent man, a hero, that has given his whole life to this country, and put him in jail. You know, and, and of course, uh, they, they weaponize the IRS. I'm not going to go into that. They, they weaponize the FBI. Um, and, and we now have the evidence that the, the day of the inauguration, Rice's notes, it's traced all the way to Obama. But I'm not going to go into that. You know, um, the, 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 the main thing that I want to get to, you know, is that, you know, uh, the deep state. Okay, what's happening to this country? Now, there, there's a lot of forces out there that do have their own agendas, you know, and some of them are organized, some aren't, some have money, some don't, power, some. But these organized forces, you know, like the last gentleman talked about, Rockefeller Organization, you know, a lot of them, the Bilderbergs, a lot of them has admitted what they're trying to do. But, but now, this is the, the, the thing that, that I want to hit, the, you know, the, um, the subject right now. Now, I Googled deep state, okay, and it says the deep state is a conspiracy theory which suggests the collusion and... Um, Cronyism exists within the U.S. political system and constitutes a hidden government within the legitimate elected government. Okay. Now, wait, and, tell, and, tell me where that definition comes from. Is this Merriam Webster? Uh, let me see. Uh, no, it's Wikipedia. Okay. The reason I ask you know, is. I Googled it. Okay. Go ahead. So Con- the continue. Thing is that, okay, so the thing what I want to get at. If some people want to change definitions and they corrupt the language, you know, just like Michael Jackson, you know, bad is good. Look in the dictionary. Look it up. Bad is good. 
You know, I mean, how absurd. And, and, and the, the one thing I want to say is this deep state, I've noticed that a lot of people try to throw a lot of things into what they call is the deep state conspiracy that is not a hidden government within a government. And particularly what I'm saying is a lot of people want to throw the Jews, the Jewish religion, or, or um, you know, different religions, saying that these religions are part of the deep state. You know, now there are members of religion that do do evil things, but when they clump a whole group, you know, and say that they're part of the deep state, you know, I've heard people even talk about Protestant religions and right. and even the LDS Church. You know, right. now, now let, let, let me ask one quick question here. I, I, I've got to move on because I have one more thing I want to share here. But let me okay. ask you this: um, Is it possible that uh, that the what we are calling conspiracy? may actually sometimes be misinformation or disinformation. In other words, people who wanted no to keep our, our attention somewhere else other than on what they're doing. Oh, no question. I mean, Hitler did that. That's no question. Mussolini, you know, the Russian leaders, China, that, you know, even in our own country, you know, it, it's a sleight of hand. You know, look at this okay. hand when you don't see what my other hand's doing. So I agree with you. And, and we don't have time to talk about this in depth, you know, but they, you know, when people start lumping people's agendas into one agenda, you know, and, and they're changing the definition of something. I have a big problem with that. Thank you, Brian. Understood. Thank you so much for your call. I'm anxious to have James back on the program again, um, not so we can sort out this conspiracy matter so much, but just because I do, I like the way he thinks, um, you know, and, and. I like thinking that challenges my own. I like thinking that that causes me to have to reflect. Um, Critical thinking takes effort. And this is something that I'm afraid a lot of us have been very spoiled with. When you find someone that that you agree with. And look, the process for me started with uh, Rush Limbaugh way back in 1990. Well, Rush Limbaugh, what kind of name is that? You know, I heard about uh, this guy who was on the radio and I listened to him. And and there was a point where it was like, wow, he makes a lot of sense. He explained things that previously had been kind of difficult to understand, mainly because I hadn't ever studied them. I'd never thought about studying them. The, The problem that we run into is sometimes when we find someone who explains things well, it's easier to lean on them than it is to actually do our own homework. Does that make sense? I mean, they're doing the heavy lifting. Here, I'll just give you a little round of applause as you do that. We've got to get in the habit of being able to go after truth ourselves. And I know it's hard work. And, and you know, when, when someone speaks with certainty, um, there's there's a tendency to say, well, you, you're just thinking you're a know-it-all, or you think you have all the answers. But just because a person speaks with certainty does not denote that they're saying, you know, look, I have the answers and you don't. I think about some of the different subjects that uh, in the last 25 years I have uh, gone over and over behind this microphone. Now, there were some that I really thought I understood right at the onset. That in light of of new knowledge and, and additional wisdom and light, I've had to change my thinking. Sometimes that uh, involves, you know, wow, I was totally wrong about that. More often it's like, ah, I was off by this many degrees and now I need to adjust my course. And, you know, the thing is, I may still be off on a number of things. 
It's not like this process, you know, well, you know, I arrived, I became a made man back after I passed 20 years behind the mic. It doesn't work like that. I have to keep studying. I have to keep learning. And the hardest part is I have to keep my mind open and willing to encounter points of view that may not jive with my own in order to to encounter truth. My friend Stephen Palmer, a magnificent writer and uh, and absolutely one of my favorite mentors, uh, years ago said what we need is we need people who are more committed to truth than they are to their own beliefs. Do you see that distinction? Because that was a hard one for me. Because sometimes truth, especially if it's new truth or if it's, uh, dare I say, uncomfortable truth, requires us to either reevaluate or in some cases abandon our beliefs right there on the side of the road and drive away and not look back in the rearview mirror where it's standing there sadly waving to us. Hey, remember me? That's part of being a truth seeker. It's hard. In fact, it's more than hard. It's scary. And for some people, it's utterly terrifying. I think I think I've seen this most in people who have, you know, delved into, you know, the real existential truths, religion and things like this, where they have looked at their deepest beliefs. And and some of them come to the conclusion that, you know, what I was taught as a kid and all the things that I was raised believing as a kid don't ring true. And they have to make a choice. You know, this means that this could cost me my family. This could cost me my friends. This could cost me my standing in the community. And by the way, that's not a an excuse to say so therefore if you're looking to get out of church then just use those exact words but i will always have respect for people who are willing to look for the truth and who upon encountering the truth adapt it into their lives and change their thinking accordingly i haven't done it as much as i probably should but i've always been grateful for those occasions where i found the courage to do so and and it's still uh, it's still a very scary thing Sometimes. So I guess here's what I'm getting at. To wrap it up, if you will, be open to what other people have to say, even if it directly challenges, you know, some of your cherished points of view. Just because they're saying it does not mean that you are under obligation to believe it. You got to be like Aristotle said, able to entertain an idea without making it your own. But try to learn something from it. If nothing else, Try to come away with, hey, now I have a better understanding of where this person's coming from, and my own point of view is enlarged, even if I don't actually believe their point of view. I really hope that makes sense. This is The Brian Hyde Show.